All true. Th- this guy makes just a comedy of errors on a daily basis. No BS. You have all these people that are whining, and 50 to 90 days ago, most of these people wanted to put you in a fucking cage. Uncensored. You know, the thing. You know. Oh, come on, man. Come on, Coco Buff. Rub these hairy legs. Corn pop. How many times I got to tell you it's corn pop? The Uncommon Podcast with B-Pop and Duff. You can't take away 100,000 jobs and then bring back 90,000 jobs and go, look at me. Come I brought back 90,000 jobs. Because <laughs> if you set extremely high goals, it's going to propel you a lot further than if you would have set a more of a soft-ass goal. Every episode of the Uncommon Podcast is dedicated to the first responders, police, firefighters, EMTs, frontline workers, and a special thank you to active duty military and veterans for all that you do so that we can do what we do. We have the illusion of freedom here. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Uncommon Podcast with B-Pop and Duff. Stuff, what's up, brother? Nothing much, my friend. Back for another one here. Back for another one. Just uh, you and I today. No uh, guests, which uh, could be good, could be bad. Who knows? Man, we had a lot of fun on that episode. Episodes. And, uh, yeah, I had a good time with Adam. He's a good dude. Has an uh, interesting point of view in a lot of things, which, you know what, brings an added dynamic to the show, which I think is needed. You know, that we promote that, man. And that's what we promote is being able to listen to other points of view. Like that's right. the main thing for us is that we don't want to, we don't want to live in echo chambers. And I know that we have a tendency to sometimes go down our rabbit holes and, and those kind of things. But at least I, like I told him when we were on the podcast, man, at least he has the guts to push back and actually reach out to us. Right. And make us think. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we need to do more as a society overall. Exactly. Absolutely, man. All right. So what are we doing with this week? There's so much. Well, we uh, so we much. are right at about a month away from midterms. It's funny how all the narratives are changing. What do you think? You know, there's always an October surprise. So what do you think the October surprise is? You think there's going to be nuclear war that they're talking about? You think we'll end up in a hot war rather <sighs> than this war by proxy that the Biden administration is doing? What do you think? I'm going to get more into it as the episode goes, but they're trying to start a war for 2024. I think that's more of what it is. I think... Starting a war for 2024 is going to be paramount for them to try to keep power, right, in the administration. I think right now, with the you have these weird narratives going on and these all these, like Andy Frisello, he says, these below-the-line issues, right? Like, we talk about abortion. Oh, like Mr. Mr. Lindsey Graham introducing a 15-week abortion ban, what, up 45 days before the election? Well, like, you had, you have come na- on. You have Nancy Pelosi Clown. coming out there claiming that they're going to sweep the election. So let me be, let me just on that point, because somebody brought that up on a podcast I was listening to today. They are trying to run the exact same playbook that they ran in 2020. Well, okay? what they're trying to do uh, on that note, what they're trying to do is get everybody kind of, dis- you know, uh, not disappointed, but feel defeated to where they just don't even bother to vote. That's part of it. But mm-hmm. I think that they are trying to shift focus off of things and like the war and, and those the, these incidents where they're spending massive amounts of money and the hurricane. And, you know, they don't want people comparing all the money that we've sent over to Ukraine when you got people, American citizens right now suffering suffering down in Florida after a, a, you know, it's a tragedy that, you know, happens, but it is a natural, it's a natural occurrence that happens on this earth. And it's happened over and over and over and over again. 
Right. Okay. But we have people that are suffering. We can send $68 billion over to Ukraine to fund new police forces and fund this and fund that and fund, 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 fund. It's really odd to me that nobody is tying the dots between how much power Biden would have, right? And money coming from China, coming from Ukraine. Where, where is he shipping all this money to? Well, right. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. But we want to focus on Roe v. Wade and they want to have this, this, this shit narrative out there. And it's a blown dude. It doesn't even make it in my top 10. Mm-mm. It doesn't even make it in the top 10 issues that are really going on right now. And that we're, we're going to lose American freedom because they're trying to shift the focus. And you have all these, you know, bleeding heart asshats out here that are oh trans transgender people it's the most important thing oh roe v wade you got you know they're not gonna let any women ever have an abortion again which is absolutely false well here's the thing there's a reason they do that and there's a reason that kamala harris came out earlier what this week last week whatever it was talking about equity with the uh the hurricane relief funds right somehow you know, people of certain races have worse effects of hurricanes than people of other races. That's just stupid. When you're in a hurricane, everybody's in the exact same fucking spot. Okay, look up, look at Sanibel Island, just off the coast of of Florida, just right off the basically right right just off the coast of Fort Myers. The the bridge to the island got destroyed. That island now, anybody on that island has no access to anything unless you have a boat. Like they have to get boated off of the island. And she has the nerve to say, well, you know, communities of color and and the black communities feel it harder than communities. Let me tell you something. Every community feels it the exact same. The reason they do that is to get people to continue to bicker about the color of your skin, the pigment of your skin. It is the weakest. This is what bugs me, man. And I feel like we're a broken record. But the thing that bugs me the most right now about our our political arena I almost said leaders and I caught myself there. They are the lowest form of quote unquote leadership that exists. And here's why I say that they come with no positive solutions. Their only way of, of leading in air quotes, because people can't see me is by dividing the populace. We get the populace to hate each other. We get the populace to argue about inconsequential shit like you were talking about. And then the real issues at hand, the real issue at, issues at hand are overlooked because everybody's arguing about below the line shit. You know, you talk about the $68 billion being sent over to Ukraine. Let's put that in perspective for just one moment. That is more money than the United States spent in the first six years in Afghanistan. And that money has been spent since the end of February of 2022. So we're recording this today on October 5th. So March, April, May, June, July, August, September, seven months, we've spent more money in Ukraine than the United States spent in six years in Afghanistan. And yet we're talking about whether 12-year-old kids can cut off their genitalia. We're arguing about whether women can get an abortion. Hey, if you want, to, if you want an abortion, go to, the, go to a state that allows abortion. That's simple, okay? They want the attention divided off of the real issues at hand. The real issue at hand is why the why almost cussed. Why in the world are we giving Ukraine one billion dollars to do whatever they'd want to do with, while at the same time giving Florida only one billion dollars to rebuild Florida? And some asshat blue check mark fucking pro down Ukraine flagging 
person in a bio on Twitter the other day superimposed uh, the outline of Florida over top of Ukraine, and it said, "If anybody wondered why Ukraine gets more money than Florida, here's a here's a visual." Let me tell you something. I don't give a shit about your visual. I don't give a shit if Ukraine is twenty times the size of Florida. Ukraine is halfway across the world and is not part of this country unless Ukraine unless Ukraine becomes the fifty first fucking state. I don't want to see a dime going over to Ukraine of my tax dollars, my tax dollars, not the government's tax dollars, my tax dollars. I want to see my tax dollars being used for something positive within this country. I want to see my tax dollars being used to help veterans with mental illness and PTSD and physical disabilities coming home from serving overseas. I want to see my tax dollars going to the homeless population, not by giving them money, but by offering them services for mental health and, and occupational training and shit like that to actually boost these communities up. Or am I just a right-wing extremist when I say that? Or my last one is fortifying our schools. Yeah, right? I mean, the kids in this country, man, they are suffering so hard right now. They are suffering so hard. And we're going to have a uh, COVID episode coming up here, so we, we, I don't want to go too hard into that. But let's start with what the hot topic was about a week ago. Who blew up Nord Stream? I got a perfect one for you on this one. I'm going to ask you some questions. I want you just to answer them. Okay. Who hates Nord Stream to begin with? Biden. Biden or the USA? USA. Who put sanctions on companies building Nord Stream? USA. Who said Nord Stream will be shut down one way or another? Oh, I have that clip for you. I can, we can just play that. Well, let me finish on this. Go ahead. That was Biden or USA. Correct. Who sabotaged Nord Stream? Russia, because that makes sense. Yes. Now play your clip. Let me answer the first question first. If Germany, if, uh, if Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the, uh, the, the border of Ukraine again, then uh, there, will be, uh, we, there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We, we will bring an end to it. But, do, but how, will you, how will you do that? Exactly, since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control. We will, uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. I promise you we'll be able to do it. Okay, now let me just bring up a point. I can't find the, the graphic that I posted on my story, but Ian Smith from New Jersey, we, we've talked about Ian Smith on here a couple of times. He had posted some and I reposted it. Did you know we had three drones go through that area at the exact same time frame that this all happened, the three days leading up to that actually, the, uh, uh, this incident happening. Did you know that? Uh, well, I knew that because you sent that to me and it doesn't surprise me. There was also no other aerial activity in the, over the Baltic in that area for the five days leading up to that other than the United States' drones. Well, answer this for me. So Russia has spent billions upon billions upon billions of dollars to try to get these pipelines up and running because obviously it's beneficial for them, right? They, well, it's beneficial for them. It's beneficial for all of Western Europe. It's beneficial for everybody. But you see what I'm saying? Like, like it'd be no different than like if our Keystone pipeline was still in production, right? And going up into Canada and we're starting to feed stuff down into Mexico or however you want to look at it, okay? What would Mexico benefit if we were sending them oil, Right if we were sending them so they could, they could have lower fuel prices or whatever, fill in, fill in the reasoning, what benefit would Mexico have to blow up the Keystone Pipeline? They wouldn't. So on that note, let's break it down. So who benefits, right? That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. right. And so what benefit 
would Russia have to blow up their own pipeline? To blow up their own pipeline when they've spent billions of dollars on this, I'm doing air quotes, war in Ukraine. What benefit when this war is all over with, right? Because people are going to have to rebuild. You're going to have to get more money back into the system. You're going to have to get back up and you're going to have to get production and everything back running. What benefit does he have at doing that? Well, so here's a question. Where does the where does the Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipeline originate? Like where's the where's the base of it? It's in Russia. Correct. So if it's in Russia, now I'm no fucking pipeline expert, but I would assume there's a shutoff valve. At the at, at the point of origin, there's some shutoff valve that they can just turn it off and on as they see fit, right? To control the flow. I mean, that's just basics. That's a that, that's a safety thing. And there's probably numerous shutoffs throughout the pipeline in the event of a leak to prevent disaster and control the flow. So if you're Russia and you want to cut off Western Europe from your oil reserves or your natural gas reserves, wouldn't you just turn the knob? I mean, okay, maybe it's not a knob anymore. Maybe it's an electronic button. Wouldn't you just turn a knob, push a button, and be like, you know, we're going to shut it off? Why would you cause yourself billions of dollars of damage when you could just flip a fucking switch. Okay. Now let's go on the other side. Who else benefits? Does anybody part of the EU, Germany, Poland, or I bet better yet NATO, how do they benefit? Would, would it make sense for them to blow it up, to destroy it so that based on Biden's speech, it can look as if the United States did it when they did it. Now, when I say NATO and I don't care if anybody disagrees with me on this. I view NATO as the army, the military arm of the World Economic Forum. That's all NATO is. Okay? Who's to say NATO didn't do it to make it look like the U.S. did it in an attempt to get every citizen on the Western European side against the United States or against Russia because now they're blaming Russia? Right. So if we go down, if we go down the premise that Russia sabotage their own thing, if you can win the hearts and minds of the Western European citizens as a whole to go against Russia, that will basically give them the 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 go ahead to go into a full hot war with Russia. Right. It'll allow the quote unquote allies to then go into Ukraine to fight Russia with the backing of the citizens because their energy costs are through the roof. Or if the United States did it, same same thing. We look like we could look like the assholes to where Western Europe now hates us, or we do it to basically give a big finger and say, we're going to do whatever we want to do to you, Russia, and you ain't going to do a fucking thing about it, which then propels us into a war. All in all, the only one that does not benefit is who? Putin. Does not benefit. I talked about this when, we, when, when COVID came out, right? How critically critical thinking has gone by the wayside. Remember back in the day, you were in elementary school, even high school, you had to write a report, you had to do the who, what, where, when, why, and how, right? Nobody critically thinks through this shit anymore. They're like, oh yeah, Putin's a bad guy, he did it. I want to read you something on Putin real quick. Do you ever wonder, any of our listeners out there ever wonder why we hear all this rhetoric about how bad Putin is? And before I say this, I am not a Putin apologist. I don't know shit about Putin. I don't know shit about Russian politics. But here's what I do know. Why is it that not one news channel in this country, MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, ABC, NBC, CBS, C-SPAN, not one of these organizations will actually air one of his speeches unedited? Why is that? 
I'll tell you why. I'm going to read this to you. It's a little long, but under Nord Stream gas leak that we're talking about, this is from his speech on Friday the 30th. Sanctions were not enough for the Anglo-Saxons. They moved on to sabotage. It's hard to believe it, but it is fact that they organized the blast on the Nord Stream International Gas Pipelines, which run along the bottom of the Baltic Sea. It's clear to everyone who benefits from this. Again, who benefits? Follow the money. Follow the money. Who benefits? If, if we were energy independent, I would say, yeah, the U.S. would benefit solely because then we would export all of our oil and gas over to Europe. But guess what? We're not energy independent. So what are we going to do? Are we going to deplete the little oil and gas reserve that we have to send to Europe to now where U.S. citizens are going to pay an exorbitant amount of money this winter for heating? Is that what's going to happen? I bet your ass that's what's going to happen. Okay. Let me finish on this. This is just some excerpts from his speech. And I'll tell you, here's how I had to find this speech. I had to go, I opened up Google Chrome. I did in private browsing because I didn't want it, my search curated. I then go to DuckDuckGo and just type in Putin speech. I had to go to an international website, a legit journalistic international website to find this. And we can put this in the show notes. Under Western imperialism, this is part of his speech again from 9, uh, 9-30-2022. The West began its colonial policy back in the Middle Ages and then followed the slave trade, the genocide of Indian, indigenous tribes in America, the plunders of India, of Africa, the wars of England and France against China. What they did was hooking entire nations on drugs, deliberately exterminating entire ethnic groups for the sake of land and resources. They hunted people like animals. This is contrary to the very nature of man, truth, freedom, and justice. Now, where he says they deliberately... Uh, hooked people on drugs. That's the cocaine and crack epidemic of the 1980s when the CIA was bringing in all the cocaine from Central America for the, I can't remember what war that was. It was the, uh, the Contras. They were, they were funding the Contras down in Nicaragua, I believe it was. Flooding California, South Central Los Angeles, and all the black communities. The CIA was flooding all the black communities with cocaine. And at that point, it, it was being uh, manufactured into crack. Let's ignore that. That's a fact. That's a fact. If if you want to, and this is more, this is entertainment, but look up the the series on FX called Snowfall. It's it's, it's a a drama. It's a, f- a fiction drama, but that's exactly what happened. Tom Cruise made a movie about it, American Made. I mean, there's been all sorts of movies come out about that very thing happening under the Reagan administration. Nuclear precedent. So in this same speech, I I want to start off by saying Putin has never once said plain out that he would use nuclear weapons. That's this narrative that we're being fed by all the major news networks here, but never once has he said we're going to do nuclear because guess who benefits from a nuclear war? Nobody. It's mutual assured destruction of the entire human race. Let me Uh, just real uh, quick. Let me just add to that, please, because I don't think people really understand they have more nukes. They are the nuclear superpower of the world at this point. They have more nukes than we do. That's a fact. And if you don't think that we keep poking the bear that all of us are going to be, it's going to be a really, really, really hot suntan that we're going to get here real soon. Like you better open your eyes and realize what the hell is going on. But the reality of it is what I'm trying to get to that, Dustin, is it will, it, it will never happen. Okay, but it doesn't benefit any, like again. No one, no one wins in the event of a nuclear war. So when they keep saying, oh, he's going to use tactical nukes, nukes, let me tell you something, a tactical nuke is still a nuke. It's not going to happen. 
Okay, stop buying into that bullshit. But under in, in his speech, under this nuclear precedent, the United States is the only country in the world that has twice used nuclear weapons, destroying the Japanese cities of Hiroshima and Nagasaki and setting a precedent. Even today, they actually occupied Germany, Japan, the Republic of Korea and other countries. And at the same time, cynically calling them allies of equal standing. Here's the showstopper. Western morals. Now they have moved on entirely to a radical denial of moral norms, religion, and family. The, the, the dictatorship of the Western elites is directed against all societies, including the peoples of the Western countries themselves. You notice he did not say the American people. He didn't even say the American government. He said the Western elites. Who is the Western elites? Every person associated with the World Economic Forum. That's who he's referring to. So I'm, let me reread that and I'll continue down this. The dictatorship of the Western elites is directed against all societies, including the peoples of Western countries themselves. This is a challenge to all. This is a complete denial of humanity, the overthrow of faith and traditional values. The, indeed, the suppression of freedom itself has taken on the features of a religion, outright Satanism. Do we really want here in our country in Russia, instead of mom and dad, to have parent number one, parent number two, number three? Have they gone completely insane? Do we really want it drilled into our into into children in our schools that there are supposedly genders besides men and women and children to be offered the chance to undergo sex operations? We have a different future, our own future. Now, think what you want of Putin. And again, I'm not a Putin apologist. I don't know nothing about Putin. I don't know anything about Russian politics. But if a, if a candidate for United States president gave that same speech, he'd be applauded. Tell me I'm wrong. Putin has a long history of some bad shit. That's, I mean, we're not going to, I don't want to skip over that, okay? There's a lot of bad shit in the history, but there's a bad, there, we have a lot of bad shit in our closet that we don't acknowledge either, right? That's right. And I think that we need to come at this with more of a reasoned approach and understand that tyrants are tyrants are tyrants. I don't even know what the the actual number is right now, but if you if you don't think that we have a tyrant in the White House right now ruling by executive order, what do you think? How many executive orders has did he sign within the first ninety days? It was like 47, 48, 47. something like that. Yeah. Okay, that is a fucking tyrant. That is a tyrant. That is somebody ruling, ruling by force. Well, the funny thing about that was when he did his campaign, one of one of his very few campaign interviews with George Stephanopoulos in October of 20, uh, 2020, but a month leading up to the election, he said that he would never rule by executive order because that's not how a democracy's run. And what's he do? First 30 days, 47 executive and orders. And let me, uh, on that word, I'm fucking tired of that word. I'm tired of the word democracy, dude. I'm tired of it because they have perverted this thing to the point where you, it is not what they are telling you it is. To their, in their eyes, democracy is, they're in charge, they have the power, they tell you and me what to do, period. There is no, the you know, for the people, by the people, there is none of that anymore. Well, speaking of that, did you see that law that got passed in California for uh, medical doctors? That if a medical doctor in California speaks out against the, the CDC or the FDA on any sort of disease treatment, and, and has an alternative approach to a disease treatment, they can be criminally prosecuted in California. I think we played that. Uh, it was Dr. Drew that brought that up, uh, that we listened to. Yeah. yeah. So basically, on your same note, um, isn't that fascism or communism? Now, now here's the thing, okay? Fascism and communism is the far, far right and far, far right and far, far left of each other. So picture a circle, right? 
we start off at one point where everybody's in the middle and then you go left and right, left and right, left and right. So your traditional Democrat and your traditional Republican are you know, pretty close to center, right? When you start going around far, far right, far, far left, it's not a linear. It's not, it's not linear. It goes in a circle. So communism and fascism might as well be called the same fucking thing. I would agree. Okay. So on that same note, you got California now that went straight communist, fascism, whatever ism you want to call it. And basically telling doctors, you no longer can practice medicine. You do what we tell you to do, or we're going to criminally prosecute you. If you live in any of those cities, you live in China. If you live in if you live in California, honestly, get out. You're in you're you live in China, dude. Right. That's what I mean. And just be prepared because next up in those in those, and I don't want to go too deep deep down this rabbit hole. Next up with those is with the digital currency. They're going to start making everything. They're going to be the first states or the first cities like L.A. or any of the Chicago, New York. They're going to be the first ones to try to make you do vaccine passport. And right, real quick, on a side note, we brought this up a couple times. So they installed those gates at the King Supers up in Greeley now. They oh, finally? Yeah. Just listen real quick. So I asked him, I, I stopped the manager. The manager was actually kind of by the door. And I said, can I ask you what these are for? And she looked at me and she was kind of confused. And she said, well, she said, we installed them because we're having issues with people loading up carts and then they're walking out of the store with them. So why are they not at the exit? I get that. But just listen. Well, it technically is the exit. They're at both. They're at both sides. So that it's at um, the one, like you know, you have the two entrances and the big. This is a big King Super, so it has the two, right? And so they're at both, and so that does make sense. All right, I did look at these ones. They didn't have that section that we saw in those other pictures where you know there was going to be you for a panel or like something like that. Yeah, there's not really anything in that. But I asked her flat out. I said, is it going to get to a point? Are you guys, are you guys going to be required to install something where we're going to have to scan and come in here? And you dude, you should have seen the look on her face. It like clicked for her. She was like, I don't know that. And I said, because it's a total possibility. You guys put these things in like this and then they're just going to per get perverted just like everything else. Well, so on that same note, Home Depot, right? Home Depot puts, has those gates in at the entrance. And I was talking to somebody that works at a, at a Home Depot, and I'm like, what's the purpose of this? Well, it's to prevent theft. Well, if it's to prevent theft, why are they not at the exit? Why are they at the entrance? Because in Home Depot, they, they don't have these gates at any of, the uh, any of the exits. The contractor exit, the normal cash register exit, no exit, only the entrance. There's a gate to come into the store, but not a gate to come out of the store. Now, you and I will have to do a, a, a central bank digital currency episode at some point. I know we're, we're, we have to do that and talk about why that's imminent and the ramifications of that, but it's going to happen. And just like you said, you know, your, your Democrat run cities, I shouldn't even say Democrat. I hate doing that because I don't want to demonize Democrats because you have normal fucking Democrats out there that don't think like this. Tulsi. Tulsi. You're straight up progressive communism states. New York, California, Illinois, but let's narrow that even down to the cities. Chicago, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Manhattan. These are the cities that are going to try that shit first. It's going to happen. But hey, let's keep you distracted by abortions. Let's keep you distracted by perceived racism. You know, as I said, perceived racism. And let's keep you distracted by, I don't know, some fucking war in a far off place that none of us will ever go to. Well, I'm going to play this clip. So Dave Smith is a comedian. He was on the Joe Rogan podcast. And I think before we get too far, because I know that some of the people out there right now are rolling their eyes and they're thinking that we're being Putin apologists, but I want to show that there's a history of the same thing going on. It's the same narrative going on, right? 
We saw it with COVID, right? We saw the same narrative. We saw the same playbook. They tried to do it with monkeypox. They've tried to do it with this thing. So if you just take a step back and you look at the big picture of things, I think everybody would see that this has happened in the in the history as well. So I think he broke it down really well. He's a libertarian. So any of you that are like, oh, he's just to the right, you can eat one. <laughs> thing in the world. Like the idea that we're actually flirting with a nuclear conflict with Russia is the most important priority in the history of humanity is that America and Russia do not go to war. There's nothing more important than that. That's that's it. We'll destroy the, the human species if we do this. And yet there's this war right on Russia's border and there's no effort to negotiate going on. There's like no effort. In fact, from, from very uh, solid reporting that actually America, through Boris Johnson, in, in it, told Ukraine not to negotiate with Russia at the very beginning of the war when they had a deal worked out. They had a, they had a deal worked out. This has been reported in multiple sources that they had a deal worked out, and the deal was basically that Vladimir Putin would pull back. He would pull back his troops and leave Ukraine under the condition that the very simple conditions that Ukraine uh, uh, guaranteed um, autonomy for the Donbass region and agreed to never join NATO. And like that was a deal. Like, okay, I'm not saying everyone thinks that's the perfect deal, but it's better than what we got right now. It's better than nuclear and, war. And right now, just the other day, dude, the official narrative on this this whole war, it's just like it makes no sense. And again, like I said, remember, the same people who are pushing this are the ones who are telling you Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction and stuff. But the official narrative, Joe, is basically that, um, okay, so uh, uh, Vladimir Putin is a, a madman, a crazy war criminal who's hell-bent on um, reforming the Soviet Union, and this is a real threat that he could do this, but also he's he's getting humiliated in this war in Ukraine. So like he's, he's losing the poorest country in Europe, and he's just getting humiliated and beat back, but he's still a real threat to take over all of Europe. And he's a complete madman, by the way, Joe, but when he says he's gonna use nuclear weapons, don't listen to that, he'd never actually do that, even though he's a complete madman. And as everyone says, this, this war, the word they use over and over and over again, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Hillary Clinton, all of them, unprovoked. Vladimir Putin led an unprovoked war in Ukraine. But then, it's just like with Osama bin Laden, what they did with him then. Don't listen to him. Whatever you do, don't listen to what he's actually saying, because none of that's his motivations. Like, what his motivations are what we tell you. Osama bin Laden hates us because uh, we're free. And then, like, Ron Paul would just go like, yeah, but that's not what he's saying at all. Like, oh, he, he, Osama bin Laden was so clear about why he hated America. And he's like, look, I hate you because you murder innocent civilians in the Muslim world. You prop up brutal dictators in the Muslim world. You prop up Israel, who mistreats the Palestinian people. And you have our, your, uh, your bases in our Holy Land, in the Arabian Peninsula. And then they're like, nah, he hates us because we're free. Like, he didn't mention anything about freedom there. And then if you say that, they're like, well, are you defending Osama bin Laden? And you're like, no, I'm just saying listen to your enemies. There's a I think that's a real important point. I want to just stop it there. Well, it goes to what me and Adam, uh, me, you and Adam talked about last week about there's always this common enemy that's created for a, a purpose of uniting people in an attempt to go to war. I, one thing I want to focus on in there, because we just got through it, and again, we're going to do a COVID episode coming up, but I make the ties to all of these elements in our world and all of these societal issues. What did we hear about the vaccine? Over and over and over and over. Trust us. Trust the science. Safe trust it, this. Trust, 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 trust. We know what's right. Trust, 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 trust. It's the same. It is the same playbook, bro. 
It is the same. They are censoring information coming out of Russia and Ukraine right now. They are censoring it no different than you had these, these qualified physicians and these qualified professionals, vaccinologists, talking about the vaccine when it was coming out saying, hey, I don't know if we should trust this. Right? How many? How much? I mean, that's all been proven true. All of it. How about all the politicians on the left that said they would never take the shot? They wouldn't trust the data coming out when Trump was president during uh, twenty during twenty twenty when they were leading up to the election, and then once the Associated Press, which is odd, called the election for Biden, which the Associated Press is not the one to call an election, but nevertheless, they called the election for Biden. Magically, a day later, Pfizer-BioNTech announces they have a COVID vaccine, and then all the same politicians that said they wouldn't trust it are now mandating you take it. Let me ask you a real question here. But hey, you know what? People have such a short attention span and such a short memory. You know, the elite that run this country, the establishment, think that everybody has the same fucking memory cogn- cognition as Joe Biden. That's the problem. I mean, I got a question for you, and this is an honest-to-God question. It's not to try to send you over the edges. It's the truth, and I want everybody out there to just kind of think about this. Do you truly think, when I say majority, I'm talking about more than 60%, okay? Do you honestly think that a majority of Americans support continuing to send funding over to Ukraine? Honestly. The majority, no. I think it's less than 10% actually support it. I think you have your your far, far left people that think that they're doing something noble by sending all of our tax dollars over there. Dude, we have so many problems here. Who what, who are we to be Captain Savaho right now? Well, like, who are we to be Captain Savo? We got $6 gas prices. I mean, we got food inflation issues. We got food distribution centers, you know, getting destroyed at a clip that we have never seen it before in history. We know where all this is coming from. And I know where it's, I know you're going to want to go down the great reset thing, but I don't want to go there today. No. But I'm just talking about, we have for real issues here, yeah. here, 10, I guarantee you it's less than 10% of the population goes, yeah, I think we should continue to send funding to Ukraine. And that's the same dumb fucks that have a goddamn mask on in their car still. They got their Ukraine sticker on the back and it's saying, and they still have the coexist sticker on the other bumper, on the other side of the fucking bumper. Hey, let me ask you something. Why is it, uh, why is it okay for people to, to display the Ukraine flag, but if you display the American flag, you're a right-wing extremist? This is where Isn't our, that crazy? This is where our society has gotten totally backwards because you, you know, the, the problem is we all want to think that the media outlets that we have access to and the political elected officials that we elect or supposedly elect, we all want to think the best of them. We want to think that they are doing what's in our best interests. And it's hard for people, me too, me including up to probably two years ago when COVID hit, it was hard for me to think that people are just that distrustful. You know what I mean? That people just are like a big fuck you to, to your way of life. But the reality of it is the entire media establishment, every one of them, including Fox News. I don't want people to think that I'm some – I've already said, and I got a Fox News story I'll tell you in a minute that drove me nuts last night, including Fox News, are completely – untrustworthy except for a couple you might see one show on msnbc you you know cnn uh, appears to be getting better in their coverage of things because of the new owner out there but soon that's going to be trump nn i don't know if you saw that but he's suing them for 475 billion dollars 
or $475 million, excuse me, a half a billion dollars he's suing them for under defamation, okay? There's a reason for this. Nobody, people now are waking up to where you, and we should have been woken up a long time ago, but now we're questioning these narratives. Here's what pissed me off last night. So I'm hanging out with my son and Fox News is on the background and I was kind of listening to Tucker Carlson. Me and my son were doing this little project and Hannity comes on and I said on this show numerous times, I cannot stand that guy. He wears a CIA lapel pin next to an American flag lapel pin. He's nothing more than a propagandist, Okay. Right-wing propagandist is all that guy is. So anyway, the Herschel Walker story comes on. And I don't know if anybody knows what's going on about Herschel Walker, but supposedly something came out to where he paid one of his girlfriends to get an abortion, basically told one of his girlfriends to get an abortion, deposited money in her account to get this abortion. I don't know how many years ago this was. And um, so now it's a big, big to-do because he's anti-abortion, trying to get the Republican election, win the Senate seat in Georgia for the Republican side. So it's a big to do. Well, his son, who's got a massive social media following, Christian Walker came out and did a video basically blasting Herschel Walker for being a hypocrite. This is, this is the problem with politics in general is if you run for office, you better be prepared to have every one of your skeletons in your personal life exposed for the world to see. Not only that, you better be prepared for shit that you never did or had anything to do with to you be accused of, just like Eric Greitens in Missouri. But on Fox News, they then go into Raphael Warnock, who's the current senator in Georgia, and some of his misdealings uh, with his, some of his family affairs and, and different things that he's got going. And they spent, they had Newt Gingrich on, and they spent the next five minutes apologizing for Herschel Walker while demonizing Raphael Warnock. Now, here's the thing. A liar is a liar is a fucking liar. If Herschel Walker did that and he's lying about it, how is he any better than Raphael Warnock? He's not. I've actually thought about this. I always say, he's I, not. You, you get my point. I though. get what you're saying. But I, I always, this, I'm just trying to keep it a little lighter. If I was ever to run for office, which is never going to happen, but if I did, I literally would make a list of the shittiest things that I've done throughout my, my life, and I would literally just make a video about it. Might say, as well. I would say, because before they turn this story, this is it. You guys want to know the history of me? Here you go. Yeah. Bing, bang, boom, boom, boom. Snort of Coke did this. Do, 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 do. Just go down the line and say, and you know what? I've learned a lesson from each and every one of those mistakes, and I've never fucking done it again. Right? Yes. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to tell you one thing. I, I meant to bring this up on the January 16th because it's what it's kind of prompted it, but it, it still ties in here with the media narratives. It kills my heart when we have people in this country that start to believe some of the silliness that these people are pushing out. And I'm going to tell a story. I'm not going to use any, I'm not going to use any names, but it's somebody I know and he's a military veteran and he's actually a disabled veteran. And not too long ago, I noticed that he had weed, the people tattooed on the underside of his arm. His entire arm, you know, is basically pro America, statue of Liberty, that kind of stuff. He started to get that lasered off. And I asked him, I said, why, like, what are you getting that laser, that part? It was only that section. It wasn't like he's going to do the entire arm. It's just, it was on the underside of his arm, more by his armpit for those that are just listening. Oh, that's painful. Yep. And, um, and I asked him and he said, I don't want to have any kind of association with this January 6th bullshit and stuff. And this is a military veteran, dude. And that, I'm gonna, that hurts 
my heart. Like that hurts my heart because that man believed that deeply whenever he got that tattoo, whether it was during his military service, after his military service, right before he went in, I don't know. Right. And I don't know if he has other motivations, but, and cause we haven't spoken deep about it, but I have to assume it's because of stuff that he's heard. He's heard of, you know, the being lumped in with domestic terrorism and stuff like that. When you went over, when he literally did tours over in Iraq and Afghanistan fighting what he felt was terrorism. And when that happens, man, that, that is what dry, that's what burns my soul the most about what's going on right now. They are removing the pride about being a proud American person and their shift. They're trying to make you think that doing all these righteous things overseas and sending Ukraine, you know, money and Hey, put this on your stupid wall. And I'm going to, on that note, one other thing, anybody listen to this show, the next fucking cause that comes out, if you change your goddamn profile picture, I'm not fucking following you anymore. Period. <laughs> if you do the black square, the thing I've, I've admitted my faults in the past with that shit. I'm done with it. Fuck you and your goddamn causes. I don't care. All right. I'm sorry for cussing so much grandma. Cause I get yelled at by grandma sometimes, but I'm tired of it, dude. Cause I'm tired of this virtue signaling crap because then it makes those people think that it's for real. And you and I do enough investigation to know that it's really less than 5% of the population that really supports half this shit. And that's the truth, yeah. but they make it seem like it's 90% of the population that's, that's supporting that through the social media companies, through the media narratives, through the freaking commercials you see on TV, all of these elements played the role into demoralizing Americans. On that story you just gave, the sad thing to me is that person is buying into the media narrative and the political establishment narrative that does not exist. They're buying into the fact that that was a deadly insurrection, that all these police officers were beaten and killed when that did not happen. They're buying into the the January 6th moment of silence, candlelight vigils that they're, that they're doing because they're trying to rewrite the history books or not rewrite. They're trying to write the history books. That's the sad thing. And this person that you're talking about, if they just did a little bit of digging, they'd find out that not one cop on duty that day died. They'd find out the only person that died that day was an air force veteran woman, five foot six inch unarmed woman that got shot by a Capitol police officer being negligent yep. by firing his, his service weapon into a crowd of people, not aiming at any one individual. And if, and we, we dug into that very deep. So go back and find that episode because I don't right. know what it was called. Maybe we'll post the, but, the name of it, but, but, but follow me on this. Should, should those people have gone into the building the way they did? No. To call it an armed insurrection. What? Because one guy walked in with zip ties in his back pocket. Really? That's what you're going to call an armed insurrection. In all honesty, that's what we're calling an armed insurrection. Are we calling an armed insurrection when Capitol police officers open the doors to the Capitol and let people in like it was a fucking high school field trip? That's what we're calling an armed insurrection. Should it have happened? No. It turned into a riot by a few that caused mass chaos. But that's not the first time it's happened in our country either. It's not the first time that Capitol has been stormed. It's not the first time that the Supreme Court has been protested in front of and Supreme Court justices had to go into hiding because their lives and their families' lives were being threatened outside of their personal residences. But that's okay. That's what hurts me about that story you just told. So I want to move us along. We got one more clip before our final clip. Um, this is going to be uh, 
who is he for the Russians? But he's the Russian moderator, I think. He says Hunter Biden linked to Ukraine um, uh, to Ukraine biolab financing. One thing you and I talk about a lot is how I feel like they either got Joe Biden over a barrel or somebody has something on something, right? And you and I speculate every now and then about him actually having evidence of some of the election stuff that went on. I wouldn't doubt it. it this whole deal is a, you know, I, I go back and forth from a blackmail, blackmailing operation to a money laundering operation. You know, Andy Frisella, I think, hits it on the head, hits the nail on the head when he talks about how they're they're funneling our money over there to buy physical assets so that when the dollar collapses, which every currency around the world is on the precipice of collapsing, and that can be a whole nother episode that I can go down in a deep dive, but when the dollar collapses, they're going to have all their, their money tied up into physical assets that they can then sell and get get that money back into whatever the new currency is. They're protecting their their wealth is all they're doing over in Ukraine. So I bounce between the three. Is it blackmail? Is it money laundering? Or is it the other? And money laundering and the, the asset preservation is one and the same. And that all plays with the WEF. But let me play this clip real quick. We'll, um, re we'll react to it. Fund Rosemont Seneca, which is headed by Hunter Biden. Rosemont Seneca Partners is the firm tied to Hunter Biden, the U.S. president's son. And the Russian defense ministry is listing uh, financial entities that are involved in these bio labs in Ukraine. Now, they also listed George Soros's Open Society Institute uh, and Open Society Foundations, uh, which are also involved with them, and uh, as well as the Ministry of Defense of Ukraine and the Ministry of Health of Ukraine uh, and the U.S. Department of Threat Reduction. Um, all of them seem to be tied in with these bio labs. Um, and it appears that, uh, that that Rosemont Seneca Partners, uh, the reason that they would be involved is because they have a relationship with Metabiota and Black and & Veatch, which are main suppliers of Pentagon Biolab materials. Now, uh, Moscow is also coming forward and saying uh, that it appears these biolabs are connected uh, with institutions uh, and research organizations that are related to nuclear missiles. This is what was said. The scale of the program is impressive. In addition to the military, the U.S. Agencies for International Development, the George Soros Foundation, and the Center for Disease Prevention Control are directly involved in its implementation. Scientific supervision is carried out by leading research organizations, including the Los Alamos National Laboratory, which developed nuclear weapons as part of the Manhattan Project. All these activities are carried out under the full control of the Pentagon. Now, the over 30 biolabs are accused by Russia of being involved in weapons development and trying to develop biological weapons. Now, the USA denies this and insists they are simply research facilities. Um, and we did hear acknowledgement of these facilities' existence from U.S. Undersecretary uh, Victoria Nuland. Ukraine has uh, biological research facilities. We are working with the Ukrainians on how they can prevent any of those research materials from falling into the hands of uh, Russian forces should they approach. The fact that, uh, that she expressed this concern about their possibly getting into the hands. I just think 
we need to understand that this is way deeper than they're they're letting on. They're, they're they're again they're taking the easiest narrative they can, bro. And what it is is he's a crazy man. They're trying to basically make him Hitler. Now Hitler, when he was like, I've seen the videos like they played it on Joe Rogan right when he was at I forget it was at the Olympic Games or whatever, and he's all joke he's all cracked up and you know sit you know going back and forth and he's like he's rubbing his legs and you know they were speculating that he was rubbing his donger, but you know. Like they're trying to make him look like that. And whether he is or not, I don't know the man. I don't know. I don't live in Russia. I don't know any of that stuff. But I feel like that is the lowest common narrative you could use to dumb it down for the dumbest parts of the population. Does that make sense? Like, you see what I'm saying? Like using a cartoon to tell the story of a serious incident going on right now. Right. Like that's what I think. And so when I see this bio lab stuff, I start to go, well, would we, would we like it if, again, let's go back to our Mexico and Canada. What Canada is doing right now is just unbelievable. Like that's turning into a straight communist country. I mean, total dictatorship. But, you know, would we like it if all of a sudden insert whatever country we're having issues with? Let's just use Russia. Okay, because obviously the Biden uh, Biden administration wants to demonize the shit out. How would we feel if Russia was putting bio labs right on the border of Canada and Mexico and the United States? How would we feel about that? Right. Like, I'm not saying it's right how he's handling it because I don't know everything about the man. But what I'm saying is we have an extreme level of hypocrisy right now. And it's because there's ulterior motives going on that they really don't want us to know about. And that's the truth. Here's the thing, man. You've heard the saying, we don't know what we don't know. I'm going to go on record and say, we don't know what we think we know. And that's on purpose. And the problem is, is far too, far too many people go along to get along and far too little people really have a critical eye about them and say, does that really make sense? You know, we started off this episode of did Russia blow up their own pipeline? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. You know, the question then becomes, well, how does it affect us? Because, again, it's halfway across the world. Let me tie this back in. Here's how it affects us. It doesn't affect us directly. But when Western Europe no longer has the ability to get gas or oil to heat their homes this winter, the United States is going to be forced to export the little bit of gas and oil that we have over there. We deplete our, our supply, send it there. What's the cost to U.S. citizens here? It's a chain reaction. Let's not live in a bubble. How those uh, EVs working out in Florida right now? <laughs> right. Totally uh, demolished, right? How the EVs working out in California that hadn't had a natural disaster. They just don't have the electrical grid to power, uh, power all their shit, right? And this is the, the guy running California, the governor, Newsom, is going to be, is literally the heir apparent to the Democratic Party for 2024. How are you going to like when the entire country is under that bullshit? Well, we want to end with this clip. So um, this is going to be Eisenhower's farewell address um, and bringing up the military industrial complex. Do you want to say anything on that before I play it? Yeah. So, the, you know, here's the thing. This was Eisenhower's farewell speech in 1961. Now, this is just a two minute and 30, 36 second clip from 1961, where basically, not basically, he is warning us to not let the military-industrial complex get out of control because it'll be constant conflict one after another after another after another to keep that machine going. He talks about it being necessary, but then he warns about how it could just overtake our society. element in keeping the peace is our military establishment. Our arms must be mighty, ready for instant action. 
so that no potential aggressor may be tempted to risk his own destruction. Our military organization today bears little relation to that known of any of my predecessors in peacetime, or indeed by the fighting men of World War II or Korea. Until the latest of our world conflicts, the United States had no armaments industry. American makers of plowshares could, with time and as required, make swords as well. But we can no longer risk emergency improvisation of national defense. We have been compelled to create a permanent armaments industry of vast proportions. Added to this, three and a half million men and women are directly engaged in the defense establishment. We annually spend on military security alone more than the net income of all United States corporations. Now, this conjunction of an immense military establishment and a large arms industry is new in the American experience. The total influence, economic, political, even spiritual, is felt in every city, every state house, every office of the federal government. We recognize the imperative need for this development, yet we must not fail to comprehend its grave implications. Our toil, resources, and livelihood are all involved. So is the very structure of our society. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. We should take nothing for granted. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry can compel the proper meshing of the huge industrial and military machinery of defense with our peaceful methods and goals, so that security and liberty may prosper together. So, you know, my thought on that is we need to be the country that cleans our own house and solves our own problems before telling other countries how to decorate theirs. And I'll leave it at that. So with that, everybody, as with every episode, please share the show. If you found value in it, definitely share with a friend, family, some, somebody you haven't shared it with. We need, we certainly want to grow this podcast. You can connect with us on Twitter, Instagram. You can email us. Um, pretty easy to connect with. Uh, Twitter's at UncommonPC. Uh, Instagram, BPOP80. Instagram for you is Dustin.Duff. Leave us a review on whatever your preferred platform is. And with that, everybody, stay dangerous. See you.